0: Crime of the Century podcast, where we expose higher education as the standard it is. I'm Kevin Prendeville and I believe that because of what we're teaching our children, we're losing an entire generation. And today, as always, we'll be diving headfirst into controversial subjects undaunted by political correctness. And when you look at it, we've really decided to worship money, ideas, and everything but the greater good. We are debating on whether or not to remove God from the Pledge of Allegiance, and our thought leaders are hailed as great the great atheists of the day. And today, we're gonna to explore exactly why this is part of the crime of the century. So at the end of the day, it uh, really comes down to idolatry. And to start, to, to realize how we got this far off the beaten path, we have to understand what the pillars of our own belief system is and if at the center or at the core of what we believe is supported not by ideology but but we know what we know to be true or what we believe to be true then that can change with the times you can see uh, you know I mentioned well, I didn't really mention the church, but God and that kind of ideas, and you can see this with the Catholic Church in the 1500s, where ideology was the root of their beliefs. So when they heard, um, well, heck, when they heard the world was 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 round, not flat, that that idea was was banned. When they heard that uh, from from Nicholas Descartes, hey, we revolve around the sun. The sun does not revolve around the Earth. Um, the, that, that was banned. You couldn't acknowledge that. You couldn't trust science because the ideology was more important than science. Now, the church had eventually rectified it. It took uh, you know the Protestant movement and it took uh, wars of religion, but eventually over a couple hundred years, um, the church did acknowledge that the center of, the, of, of our solar system is the sun and not the earth. And so you bring that to, to modern day, and I'm not talking about the Catholic Church so much here anymore, but you bring that to the universities, and their belief system, what, how they see the world, is not built on empirical fact anymore. What can be seen as true, what we know can validly construct the world. Instead, it's based purely on ideology. So when the facts say that something isn't so, it's the facts that have to be denied, not the ideology. So something like you bring up um, uh, the gender pay gap, and you say, okay, well, there's a study done that said it took uh, men and women of the same age and said are you paid the same across different industries and it came out men were paid I forget, what was it, 73% or, or seven uh, women were paid 73 cents for every dollar a man makes or something like that. Sounds terrible on the on the outside because um, we would have thought we'd be past that. And there was even a law in the 60s that was passed that said you, could, you can't legally do that. You can't pay a woman less than a man for the same job. And the slogan has become in the universities and um, among the gender equality crowd that you know, equal pay for equal work. You have to, you know, pay men and women the same. But you look at the study and it didn't account for things like did the females take time off? Did they, um, it didn't even check industries. So maybe they're in a profession that doesn't pay as much. It just took into account age and uh, how much they made, essentially. And so there are all these other factors that did not go into the study that, would perhaps change how, what we extrapolate from that study. And I'm not saying that the study itself was incorrect or that it wasn't done correctly, but the idea is, well, this fits into our neo-Marxist ideology because it's clear that there's an oppressive structure, an oppressive system in place that needs to be dismantled, and that is everything that's traditionally American. And it's not a very scientific, it's not a very mature way of looking at the world, really, because not every ideology fits the facts of life and the way the world works. And when you look at the left that wants to, really the universities, that wants to deconstruct everything to a point in which it, it is not only even boiled down to, to an essence, like a, like a philosophical belief system, but essentially take the spirit out of everything and that they believe that the world is just a place of things, that you have no, no ability to create action in the world, to create potential in the world. So the world is just a place of things. Um, again we mentioned atheism in the in the beginning of the episode which is the belief that nothing happened so that nothing was created and nothing will ever happen and that you'll just live and die and clearly that's not the case you know we know people that that, that are, are so old their bones the, the dust from their bones doesn't even exist anymore but we know their names uh, I'm talking about the Romans the Greeks. Um and, and, and even before then, um, the, the Egyptians before then, we know that these people existed and we know a great deal about their lives, even without the great feats of modern technology, would which would imply that there is a greater spirit in the world. And if you deconstruct if you take if you take what the, the the academics propose or how they see the world, which is, we're going to we're going to take that essence out we're going to deconstruct the world into everything put the world in its in its place and its things then then there is no point in life is there because you're just here you're conscious for 70 years and then you die might as well kill yourself <laughs> i mean it's not changing i mean there's there's nothing you can do nothing you'll ever do things happen and you're completely powerless to stop it. Now this leads to that victimhood mentality because then it's oh well this system's in place so I can't do anything or this this way it's set up like this so we got to tear down this this structure. There's nothing wrong inherently with the system that we can tell. First fix what's wrong with yourself before you go about fixing those structures if they even need fixing. And at the end of the day what this leads to to get Back to that idolatry point, what this leads into is that you worship things that are not eternal. So you worship uh, money, in fact you see this more so with the left, you worship ideas and therefore you can't really take a good look at an idea, not even as a thing because you start to see it as the point in life. So if the point in life is to establish kind of this, this communist idea of the world and somebody challenges it, you don't change your world's view. You go and shut them down because you don't want anybody challenging the very principles on which your entire life is founded. And that's not a decent recipe for success in life. That we have to get out of the... The world is a place of things mentality. And understand more so, I would argue, that the world is a forum for action. Okay, you're conscious for this amount of time. You have this amount of time on earth. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to act on with that potential? What, how are you going to accomplish what you want to accomplish? That leaves us with two things. Money, in and of itself, dollars, is uh, they are just a representation of value. So the more value you bring to an equation, the more you're paid. We can understand this by the fact that, well, some people have more money than others because some people, frankly, are worth more than others. Their time is worth more. Now, they weren't born with their time being more valuable than others. And in many cases, they had to create that for themselves. How do they create that? Well, they understood that you have to bring a value that's over and above what somebody's paying for. So they have to feel like, you know, this is worth two hundred bucks, but I'm only giving you forty. You know, I'm I'm paying less than what I'm getting, and life then becomes about creating value for others. And the way that the capitalist system works is, look, if you don't create value for others, you're gonna starve. We talked about this this last week, where you trade your time for. The, the, for money you trade what you have your potential okay so people who are paid more by a company have more valuable time we can understand that aspect and so you are providing value to greater value to society so all of this comes back to the idea too that look money's just a tool like anything People, you know, we all say we want a, a million bucks. No one says they want a million wrenches. We understand that. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing to go chase. If you have the ability to drive that kind of value, and I believe you do, I believe that everybody has the ability to drive that kind of value because everybody can create something. Uh, it doesn't matter in any industry, from from uh, Salvador Dali and his very odd paintings to the, the, the firefighter-protecting, Uh, uh, families, day in and day out. Everybody has the ability to create value because of the potential that their life holds inherently. We know that. And so good. If you want money, good. But why? (laughs) What are you going to do with it when you get it, okay? You say, you know, I want a million bucks. I want money. Here it is. I'm going to give you all the money you want. Uh, Let's just say, I'm going to push it right over to you. What are you going to do with it? I mean, you can buy a big house, can buy a sports car, you know, can buy an attractive wife, anything. But what then? Um, what, how are you going to change the world? How are you going to keep acting on that potential? And that's really what drives somebody is a goal and a purpose in that time span of uh, that they have in life. And is it that we put stuff as the goal, like if you say your goal in life, again, it goes back to, I want to drive 5 million bucks. I want to make 5 million bucks a year. All right. So let's say you do that for 10 years. So you have, what's 5, times 10, 50, right? Basic math here. (laughs) You got 50 million bucks when you retire. And then what? I mean, are you going to blow 50 bucks? and you know between the age of 65 and 80 because by the time you're 70 you're not even going to remember your own name so what what are you going to do with it see with that kind of money you can build anything I talk about uh, real estate just in the physical world you can build places for people to live you can build other businesses to create more value there is nothing that you can't do with with that kind of money but again money is just the tool to do what you know you can do in the world and to take it helps bring the philosophical and make it material because you can say you can dream about all the things that you want to see in the world well you can actually affect that change if you have the right funds and the right people in your court and with the right amount of money the right amount of attention the right amount of value people who have done the same will start to gravitate towards you and then you have to to, We have the idea then that somehow those with more are really what we've been taught is don't go for that don't go for more you know take take what you have and just be thankful for it but and that doesn't necessarily come from the academics that just comes from society as a as a whole and I think it comes from again a loss of purpose because I know personally from the things that I want to accomplish during my life, I can't really afford to not try to create that much value. I can't afford to not try to produce for others. And I know, I, I know it's the same with you. I don't know what your life goal is. I don't know, and, and I'm not a coach or a life guru or whatever you want to say. I'm not trying to be, I'm just explaining what I know is sustainable. What I know drives people, what I know why I get up in the morning is not because I say, you know I want to punch somebody in the nose and steal their wallet. Because that, essentially that's what you're doing if your entire goal in money is uh, your entire goal in life is money. You might as well rob people. And I understand that I need to affect the change I want to see in the world with the greatest tool that we have, which is our potential, not money. And so at the end of the day, when it comes to really the idea at the center, what, what is that gnawing thing in you that you have that you know you want to change, that you know bothers you, but you haven't, we haven't done anything about it? It's something big. And it's, it can't be, you know, um, uh, you know, I, I want the cat litter box moved. You know, it's, it can't be that little, that, little, that little annoyance. When I'm talking about, Something that bothers you, you either see it in the news or you see it and you say, I could be doing that. I could fix that. I know know how to fix that. I know the solution to that problem. And it, it should be a big problem. And figure out how to fix it. That's sustainable. That drives you in life. That gets you through the bad times because you know, hey, I'm doing this because I need to get here. I'm doing this I'm doing this minimum wage job because I need a stepping stone. I need my own money to go and build my own business. I'm, I need to do this. I need to do X to accomplish Y. And we see so many people, especially in, in, in colleges, that don't have a goal. They just... But who's who's telling them? It, 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 I mean, people are, are are professors who have given up on their own goals, who have given up on their own dreams, who are going to be professors because it's a decent paycheck and at some point in life they'll die. Why Why are you teaching people who have plenty of potential? Anyone under 20? Heck, anyone under 40? Anyone? I've never met someone who doesn't have potential. I mean, think about it. The... the um, Andrew Carnegie was how old before, before he made any money? I mean, he came over here when he was 20 or 30, and he was broke for the first couple of years. He must have been 50 before he really started making any money. It Some people are blessed in making it early, but if you focus on creating value, it, it'll come. And it has to do with honing in on that problem that you solve in life. And... I kind of want to close this with the solution that at the end of the day, you got to bet on yourself that you can do it. You know, I could talk about potential. I can talk about deconstructing the world as a place of things or versus a place of action, and understanding that we need a a a place of action, and we can't worship money itself because it is just a tool. We can talk all about that. We can talk about how really your money is being taken away from you by going to college to pay for this. This, this droning in of you'll never be anything. We can talk about all of that, but th- at the end of the day, to accomplish what you want to accomplish in life, you can't get it from me. You know, it's got to be from you. You've got to bet on yourself. At some point, you've got to say, this is the hill I want to die on. And so, somebody's going to have to take me off of this hill. You know, I'm going to dig my heels in and nobody else. Somebody's going to have to have, it, it, it can't be just one person. It's going to be a mass of people who are going to have to push me off this hill. And they're going to they're gonna have to bury me on this hill. I mean, think about where we come from. We have the American spirit inside each and every one of us. Think about our founding fathers. Think about all the people. Uh, George uh, Washington, I almost called him George Bush. George Washington's wife, uh, Martha, was telling him at the time, look, you're a failed general. <laughs> the English have ships twice the size of anything that we could ever muster. they got cannons. They've got allies. They've got money. And he just kept the, the, the spirit alive. He kept the idea alive that we could be self-evident, that we could create something of ourselves. He took the entire tactics of the revolution. He took our, our little militia army and he just ran them around. And he had a little battle here and a little battle here and these little spread out battles where he wasn't going to risk the whole army because he knew the idea he had to keep alive. And then eventually got the French and the Spanish to help. People will help you if they believe in what you believe. People will come to your assistance. And now we've been blessed that we live in the United States because we live in a system that says you can do what you want to do. It's just not everybody takes that to its fullest extent. But it's okay because you can turn that around at any point in your life. You, you really can. It's never, it's never too late to accomplish your goals. It's only the unrealistic time frame within those Goals. You can't say you can't say, for me, you know, I want to end communism in five years. Probably not going to happen. You know, uh, that's a little bit unrealistic. But what if I said I want to end it in 50 years, 60 years? I want to make it politically irrelevant? I guess is a better term. That's a little bit more accomplished. I mean, how do we get there? We got to figure out the steps on how to get there, what it's going to take, the amount of people you're going to need behind you. But you can do that because. For those people, like we talked about with being the hero last week, when you embody what you what you believe, others who believe the same will follow because you're making sense out of the world for them. And we might get that into that more next week. And last but not least, to end and bring this all together, the tough times in life, the idea that you know, life sucks, then you die. I heard that once from an adult when I was very young. And I, even then, I was like, that's, that's just not, like, <laughs> might, again, might as well die. <laughs> I mean, it, there's, there's no, there's a nothing, if there's nothing, no goal, no problem you're fixing, then there's nothing sustainable, then there's no, again, you're going to get into all of the, these bad vices because you're just worshiping. I got to have fun. You know, that that's becomes the end of the day. i got to have fun. You know, uh, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to kill myself. I'm just going to have fun. And okay, fine. But when you're 80 and you can't have fun anymore, what are you waiting for? So the action steps I would encourage you, as I've done, to take, find a big problem in the world it, it's got to be big so big that that, that that people think that it's just going to be a problem forever and it's got to be something that motivates you it's got to be something that you every time you hear about it you get angry you have some sort sort of basic primal response to and I and I say primal because you don't it, it it bothers you at such a level that it turns you into an animal The problem itself is so buried deep within you that you know it's got to change. That I can't help you find, but I'm sure I'm describing something that you can picture in your mind. And, all right, figure out a way to, to solve it. Who do you need? How much money do you need? And how do I get those two things... Again, money comes from value. How do I create so much value for others that I get that amount of money that I need and then go solve it? We still remember Julius Caesar, it's been 2000 years. All right, so you can not only fix any problem if it's big enough in the world, but you can live forever, truly. And the fact that we no longer believe this is part of the crime of the century.